are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. So we closed last week's sermon with these words from Simon Peter, who said, you should love one another deeply from your hearts. He's talking in that context about Christian brothers and sisters loving each other deeply from your hearts. So how many of you would say, by raising your hand, that I have come to understand that there are some Christian brothers and sisters that are more difficult to love than other Christian brothers and sisters? Anybody in the room? Everybody is with me on this one. Okay. People who agree with us, much easier to love. We have personalities that are very unique sometimes, and we clash with some personalities, we get along with others. But even for those of us who would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, we would admit that, yeah, sometimes loving a Christian brother or sister from the heart can be challenging. So Simon Peter writes these people who are being persecuted because of their faith, they're in a time of crisis, and anytime you're in crisis, you begin to focus more so on what is essential. And so... He says, what is essential is living with the end in mind. And part of living with the end in mind is to love one another deeply. So let me take you to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. You ready? Here we go. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. So why would he say that you should do this? What is the foundation of the basis for this? He says, because you've been born again. You were born the first time in the flesh. You've been born a second time of the spirit. So you've been born again, not of perishable seed. So what would be the opposite of perishable seed? He says, well, that's imperishable. And what is imperishable seed? He would say, well, that is the living and enduring word of God. And then he quotes Isaiah. He says, for all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers. Anybody saying, Pastor Rick, I feel like my grass is withering these days. Grass withers and the flowers fall. But this imperishable seed, the word of God, it endures forever. So this work that God has done in you, this new birth that you experienced, It will never fade away. It will never go away. It will be with you through all eternity, okay? And this is the word that was preached to you. You probably remember when that word was preached to you, when you heard about Jesus, when you responded to that message about Jesus. So therefore, there's some things that you don't want to feed any longer. You don't want to be any more a part of your lives. Rid yourselves of things like malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. Instead, like newborn babies, since you've been born again, crave pure spiritual milk. Why? So that by it you may grow up. Some people need to grow up, Simon Peter is saying, so that you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted, these are good words, that the Lord is good. So this is God's word for us today. I want to dive in with you, okay? 32 years ago, seems like a long time in a way, 
My wife, Annette, and I, we made a journey to the hospital after her experiencing nine months of pregnancy. We left that hospital carrying in our arms a little baby girl. We brought her home and we named her Brittany. What was so important to Annette and me was that Brittany would begin to mature and develop and grow, not only physically, but in every other way as well, in her personality, emotionally, spiritually, um, psychologically. We wanted to see Brittany just grow into the young woman she has now become. It was one of the most important things in our lives. Five years later, we made another journey to the hospital after Annette's nine-month second pregnancy, and we brought home another little girl named Morgan. I'm telling you, when we get home with Morgan, we've got a goal in mind. We want to see Morgan grow in every way, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally, in every way, and become the young woman that she has now become. So as you get that image in your mind, this is going to be kind of fun. You're going to go on a journey with me here for a few minutes, okay? You're going to be able to understand really well what Simon Peter is doing and where he's going and what he's talking about. Because here's what he's saying. Just like Brittany and Morgan were born physically years ago, and we wanted to see them grow and develop in every way, you've been born again. Now, you experienced birth of the flesh when your mother gave birth to you. But then you were born a second time. You were born of the Spirit. And when you were born of the Spirit, there was something very crucial about what would happen in your life next. And that very crucial thing is called spiritual growth. Very important that you mature and you develop and you grow in your faith. And that you learn to live, listen to me for a minute, lean in, that you learn to live within this family of believers, just like Morgan and Brittany begin to live in our family. And in learning to live in this family of believers that you would develop deep love in your hearts for one another and that you get along well in the family and that your family would be healthy and strong together in a place of encouragement and love. So that's the image that Paul is giving us, Peter rather, has given us in this passage. So I don't want to just rush to the application because there's so much here to talk about. He talks about the fact that you were born again because of the living Word of God. Now, let's talk about what he means by the living Word of God. You may say, does he mean like the Bible? Well, probably he doesn't mean the Bible because the Bible had not come together yet like we know it today. In fact, the New Testament was being written as he was writing. He didn't know it, but he was writing some of the New Testament right then when he said, crave pure spiritual milk. He didn't know it. He wouldn't have said to you, hey, I'm writing the New Testament. You want to take a peek? He had no idea it would make it into the New Testament. So the New Testament was actually happening in this moment. So he probably wasn't referring to the Bible when he talked about the Word of God. He did have the Old Testament scriptures, but he was probably talking about something deeper than that. He was talking about this message that you heard preached to you. He's talking about this message of Jesus, okay? This message of Jesus that has power. This message of Jesus that you heard preached in your life also. So, so how does it work? How does this Word of God work? So it works like this. 
as people, these early believers, begin to talk about Jesus to other people, they realize that something really powerful happened. And what happened was that people were brought to a place of faith. In fact, many of these people would hear this news about Jesus and their lives would be transformed. They would be born again. So he says there's this word of God, and he doesn't probably mean the Bible at this point. He's probably talking about this point, about this message of Jesus. And when people heard this message of Jesus, their lives were forever changed. You probably remember, you probably remember when you heard this message about Jesus. You, you probably better remember the first time that you responded to it. You probably remember the first time that it really grabbed hold of your heart. You might have been very young. I was eight years old the first time that that message of Jesus really got a hold of my heart. And I couldn't go to sleep that night. Instead, I laid in my bed and cried until my brother Terry, who I shared a bedroom with, asked me, why are you crying? And I said, I want to I be a Christian. And he takes me into my parents' bedroom and they get out of bed and they kneel on their knees beside me and they lead me in a prayer to ask Jesus to be the savior of my, of my life. So, so when was that for you, that you heard that word, that message? Maybe a vacation Bible school, maybe it was at a church camp, maybe it was in church on a Sunday morning. But you know what that's like. And so he says, here's, here's the incredible story. <laughs> You, you, you heard this message. You were born again. You were given sincere love. But you desperately need to grow in your faith so that you can love everybody deeply from your heart. You need nourishment. So once in a while, you know, as you, as you preach, you find a, a story that, that speaks to you. And, and one of my favorite stories ever that speaks deeply into my heart is the story of an old Native American chief who is having a conversation with his grandson. And he says to his grandson, he says, it's like everybody has two wolves inside them, both speaking to them. And, and one wolf is telling you to uh, be unkind and to not love, and to be immoral in your choices, and to live your life for yourself, and to not be considerate of others. But you have this other wolf inside of you, and that wolf is telling you to be kind, and to live with other people in mind, and to be generous, and to make good moral choices. And the little boy is listening to his grandfather, and he's struggling to, to kind of make the application. He says, but grandfather, which wolf wins? And the wise old chief says to his grandson, the one that you feed. And, and this is exactly the direction that Simon Peter takes us in this passage. He's talking about cravings that you have and cravings that you're going to satisfy. And the real question is, which set of cravings will you satisfy? Because the set of cravings that you satisfy are the cravings that are going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. 
And so he makes it really clear. He says there's, there's the right way to live the Christian life, and look at this. He says there's also the wrong way of living within this family of believers. And the wrong way involves things like malice, where I just, I just want ill will towards you. you. You said something, you've hurt my feelings, Don, and I just, I, just, I just don't want anything good for you, you know? Or deceit. I'm going to lead you to believe something that's not quite, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I just, I, I know I'm leading you down, it's not quite true. Or hypocrisy. Come to church, I look like this. When I'm not in church, I look a different way. It's like I put on a mask. Uh, hypocrisy is basically about acting in its original word meaning. It's, it's wearing a mask. That's hypocrisy. And so when I come to church, I wear this mask. It's about envy. You know what? I'm burned up because I'm resentful of what all you have and I don't have it. Or slander. Yeah, I'm going to tell a story. It's going to hurt this person's reputation. And I'm okay with that today because I just am. That's the wrong way of living in the family of believers. But there's a right way of living within the family of believers. When my Morgan was uh, young, it feels like to me I'm telling a lot of family stories these days. Maybe I'm feeling sentimental. I don't know. We took her to preschool. And I remember one day going to pick up Morgan from preschool. And she gets in the car, just the two of us. And I say, how was school? And she says, good. And, um, and then she says to me, guess what? And I said, what? She said, me and Hannah? I said, yeah. She says, we can pick each other up. I said, really? We went to a little school program about two weeks later one night, and we got to witness that, Morgan and Hannah picking each other up. Nothing wrong with that. Little kids pick each other up. It's the way it goes. However, if, if when the service ends this morning, I meet you at the back door and, um, and you say, hey, pastor, and I just reach and get you and lift you off the ground, it might be a little awkward. <laughs> or especially if you brought a guest and, and, and your guest you introduced to me and, and I just looked at your guest and said, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Can I pick you up? <laughs> at some point of me acting like that, somebody is going to walk up to me and say, you need to grow up. It's one thing for Morgan and Hannah when they're in preschool to pick each other up. You, you, you're an adult and you need to mature. You don't need to be picking people up at church anymore. It's awkward. People are leaving because you keep picking them up, you know. And, and you can probably imagine first service was over and somebody grabbed me and lifted me off the ground. And, but when she set me down, I was so thankful and <laughs> it was actually a hymn, yeah. That's where... That's where this whole thing goes. It not only goes to this idea of maturity. Peter is saying that there comes a place in your life where you've got to grow up. He talks about now that you may grow in your faith, that you might grow up in your salvation. And, and this is the goal that, that God has for us. And so he's saying to these, these believers, okay, you were born again. You, like a little baby, you know, spiritually you were a baby and you need nourishment so you can grow up in your salvation so that you can learn to love people deeply from your heart. In other words, and this is going to sound heavy right now, you ready? If you really struggle to love people deeply in your heart, Simon Peter is saying that is a spiritual growth issue. 
If you're struggling to love your brother and sister deeply in your heart, that would be a spiritual growth issue. And so what you must do as a believer in this family of believers is crave pure, spiritual milk so you may grow. I decided a few weeks ago I had to do something about this incredible craving that I have for sugar that developed through COVID-19. I was feeding it like crazy, and as I was feeding it, it was just growing and growing and growing. So I said, you know what? I've got an appetite of craving that I'm just feeding like crazy, and and the more I feed it, the more it grows, because whatever you feed is what grows. So I, I can either feed my craving or not. So I just took over a week a break from sugar, and that's a long time for me. And, and on that break from sugar, I'm driving down Northwest Expressway, and I pass a business establishment that is very dear to my heart called Andy's Frozen Custard. And when I look over at that, I just, oh, the craving that came over me for a turtle concrete was just more than I could barely stand. And I said to Annette, don't look to the right, whatever you do, I don't want you to go through what I'm going through. She looked to the right anyway, you know. So, so you know what it is to crave something. You know what it is to crave chocolate or to crave a donut with chocolate icing and white cream in the middle? That's my favorite right there. And finally, sometimes after I've craved something for a day or two or three or four, I just get in the car and I drive up to Krispy Kreme and I get one of those donuts with chocolate icing and white cream in the middle. What, what do you crave? A friend said to me, my daughter's father left us when she was really young to barely ever be involved in her life again. And now, at over 30 years of age, she still craves his attention and his love. So it's one thing to crave food. It's another thing to crave something, something else. What, what, what do you crave? So Paul says, what, what if you crave pure spiritual milk? So, so what's pure spiritual milk? Um, I was walking through the sanctuary this morning with a couple of people father and his daughter and he says in regard to his daughter we haven't been to church for so many months now and and she is just over it she had to come to church today see I would call that craving you know I, many of you this morning are saying Pastor Rick I'm, I'm not able to be there in person I crave being there in person 
But this is so important to me that there's no way I'm not going to tune in every Sunday morning. I'm going to, I'm going to be with you, you know. It's, it's, it's getting up in the morning and, and getting that cup of coffee or whatever your routine is and, and craving those minutes that you're going to spend in prayer and in the word. That's the pure spiritual milk. It's saying I've got to have my group lifetime. I've got to be with those people who are investing in my life. I've I got to be invested in their life because that is so much about how I grow in my faith. It's, it's my relationships with others that have become so, has become so meaningful to me and, and it helps me to grow as a believer as I invest in others and they invest in me. Or it's the person saying, I've got to find my place to serve because it's when I serve, that's where I find real spiritual growth. Or I've got to give because when I give, how many of you would say during that Beyond campaign when we made pledges about the building, that was a time of spiritual growth for me? Many of you would say that. Or give me the conversation with the unbeliever because that is crucial for me. That's the pure spiritual milk. And I have to have it in my life. You understand when there is deceit and when there is malice and when there is hypocrisy, hypocrisy and when there is envy and slander, that arises where somebody is not craving pure spiritual milk. I don't know, Rick, that's just not where I'm at right now. Uh, I don't pray much, man. I don't. Going to church is iffy with me online or in person, you know. It's not really where my heart is. It's not what I'm hungry for. But that other list that you mentioned, I got quite a bit of that going on and I'm feeding that stuff right now. And the more I feed it, the more it grows. But I'm not feeding my spiritual cravings. And they're not growing. So let me give you one more food story. When I moved here, somebody said, you talk a lot about being from a small Kentucky town and you also talk a lot about food in your sermons. Annette and I were in Wellston, Oklahoma, not too many months ago. I don't think we'd ever been in Wellston. And we were going to head back to the city and we were going to eat, you know, some lunch in the city. Well, uh, I said to Annette, as we're driving by this butcher barbecue stand, you realize that's the place that your friend, friend Randy tells, our, our friend Randy tells us about. She goes, that's it. I said, that's it. Do you want to turn around and go back and eat there? And she goes, sure. So we go back and we talked about maybe just split a sandwich or something. We're not real hungry. But once we got in the restaurant and we saw the other people's food, we decided we did not want to split a sandwich. We wanted one of our own. We wait in the line. We get our food. We get to our table. We pray. I take a bite before Annette does. And I say, wow. And she goes, really? And I go, yes. She takes a bite and says, Oh my. And I said, I know, right? And she goes, yeah. And then I take a bite of the mac and cheese because I'm trying to eat healthy. And, and I go, oh my goodness, Annette. And she goes, you're kidding me. And I said, no. And she takes a bite and she goes, oh my goodness. And I said, I'm not eating the bread or you. She says, no. And I said, I'll just taste the bread. She goes, okay, taste it. And I tasted the bread and I said, I'm eating the bread. She goes, really? And I 
Yes, I'm eating the bread too. And so we both ate, but we ate everything. It was incredible. If you said to me and Annette after the service, let's get up to Wellston together sometime soon and eat that butcher stand barbecue, we'd be like, yes. The reason we would say yes is because we've tasted it and we know it's good. It's really good. It's like an amusement park for your taste buds is what it is. And so after Peter has quoted Isaiah in saying, all people are like grass, you know, we're just, we're just here for a little while, you know. Then he quotes Psalm, the psalmist that says, taste the Lord and see that he is good. He actually says, we have tasted the Lord and know that he is good. And, and here's what happens. When, when you get that time, that, that spiritual milk, and you begin to take it in, and you spend that early morning prayer time, and you get in the Word of God, and God's Word begins to come alive to you. This is good. I want some more. And the more that you feed the craving, the more that you want. And the less you feed the other craving, the less of that you want. And the more spiritual milk that you take in, you're, I want some more milk. And the more I worship with others and the more I invest in others' lives and the more I'm into the word and the more I'm into the prayer, the more word and the more prayer I want because the more I taste it, the more I realize, wow, this is really good. But the more that I starve the other stuff, I don't want it anymore. I want more of this. And Simon Peter is saying, as you do that, God does this incredible transformative work in your heart to where that you begin to love <laughs> one another deeply from your hearts. Notice he didn't say you begin to agree with each other. You give up all of your convictions and go with theirs. No, no, no. No, I stand by my convictions. But even when you and I disagree, I can still love you deeply from the heart. Amen? Amen. Did anybody need to hear this today? Me too. Me too. You, you've been born again. Like a little baby that we brought home from the hospital? When you were born again, that, that was you. you. You were just a spiritual baby. You needed nourishment. You still need nourishment to grow and to learn to live within this family and to love each other deeply. And the more you feed that spiritual craving, the bigger it's going to get. So, Father, I, I come to you this morning. Will you, will you just meet us in this moment? like when we first heard the word and it had power to change our hearts would you let these words change our hearts today would you help us to make commitments toward practices today that very much need to be part of our lives And would you let the cravings for those practices grow? 
as we feed them? And would you help us to become mature to the place that we love one another deeply? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.